Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all in one place. Here's how it works. Anchor that you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platform, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish videos podcasts to Spotify. With Anchor's creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And the best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
prayer, you know, right now. We're on the line every morning praying, not every morning, but most of the time praying. Hopefully some of us, we're not on the line, so uh, uh, corporately we are praying, you know, giving. We're giving people, you know, if anybody know us, they know we're giving people across the board service. You know, we, we love to have service. We are servants. What do servants do? They serve. They have service. You know, they remind people of how to serve, how they can serve. We provide opportunity for people to serve with us. You know, this is service we're doing right now. This is how we serve God. You know, eating, you know, uh, you know, together, you know, gladness and generosity, worship, and making more disciples. I love that, where people want to. These are, these are the habits that Christians have to develop. They have to be taught these things, that they're important. They have to place a higher premium on these. You don't hear this kind of teaching these days in the church. It's pretty much just show up and give me your money, and, you know, we're going to jump, shout, and, you know, and fall out and do all that stuff and poke out into oil and all that. You're going to thank you that I served God. You're going to thank you that I've been to church. Well, yeah, you did. That's all it was, church. A lot of emotion, a lot of performance, but nobody's life got better. Nobody changed. Everybody went away and came back next week and did the same thing. But there was no change. There was no change. There was no change. You talk about significant change. You know, no habits developed. You know, nobody got healthy. You know, got any healthier than before they came. Let me tell you something. I did a study probably about a month ago 
for my own health benefit. I like to know things. And I wanted to know on the planet Earth, what was the percentage last year before during the time COVID was real hot? It was real, you know, you know, going on, numbers are increasing. People were staying at home, weren't working, they were isolated and quarantined. What was the percentage of obese people on the planet? Uh, I'll say in, in, the, in the nation, those numbers, that data is easy to find. And it says 60%, and this is this is a year over a year ago, 60% of Americans were obese. That that messed with me right there. I was like, oh, my God. And I started breaking it down and saying, well, how many of those are actually in the church serving God? And you don't, you don't want to know. Over, over, over half of that 60% then was church folks. And that's what was alarming to me. Then I looked at this year. I said, so it ought to be getting better now. And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, is that what you're seeing? Do it seem like it's getting better when you look at the videos and you, you see the people when you're out and about, you see them on Sunday at the restaurants? And does it seem like those numbers are getting better? You know, when you take that little small percentage of people that you see on a regular basis, whether that be you know, video or wherever. Does it seem like it's those numbers are declining? <laughs> I know there's a lot of talk and effort out there, millions of dollars being spent for people getting in gym programs and doing everything, you know, and trying to eat healthier. More people now go in gardens. I'm trying to get just just me one, you know, conscious of, 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 of uh, you know, eating healthier. Does it seem like those numbers are going down? So I did a little, little research to find out. It's now up above 70% of Americans that are obese. And you know when those numbers go up, they don't just go up out here, they go up inside the body of Christ too. And we see it. If you flip on some videos sometime and look at some of the services on a Wednesday night or Sunday night or whenever they have service, all these conferences, look at the people who are showing up at these conferences. You know, you look up in the, you look up in the pulpit, everybody's sitting down. You look out in the congregation, you see people sitting down. They're too tired, too big, and too overweight to stand up and pray and worship God. They, they got too much body to present it to God. I mean, you know, they're in their thinking. But they just say, everybody don't have time to stand. Everybody has time to stand. You know, I can sit down and pray to God. Lord know my heart. Yeah, he know your body, too. He know you're overweight, too. He knows that there is a reason why you've indulged the way you've indulged and let yourself to get so become so obese that you can, can't basically hardly you know, enjoy church, you know, and, 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 you know, we, we know that this is, this is the consequences of gluttony when it comes down to eating, you know, and if you, and if you're eating out of control and gaining all this weight, then I wonder what other kind of weight about it set aside, cast out all the weight and sin that's always to you. So you got the weight. So is it, is it a sin? Gluttony is a sin. So it says, you know, cast aside every weight and sin. So he's telling you, don't go just join the gym to get rid of the weight. But like, what about the sin that's causing it? It's called gluttony. If you, if you, he says, cast aside the weight, every weight in sin, over in the book of Hebrews, every weight in sin. The sin is gluttony. The consequences is obesity. It's gone up over 10 more percent in a year. In the church, out of the church, it doesn't matter. Right now, 70% of Americans, and I hate to expand that to the globe, to the, you know, universally, 
But I'm more concerned about what's happening on the American soil, what's happening in, you know, in, 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 in the body of Christ, where we are pastors and leaders. Why are we afraid not to grab a hold to this sin and tell the people what the consequences are because they're getting bigger, they're getting sicker, they're getting lazier? It's like they don't care about the body, the temple that don't belong to us. It's the temple of God and no unclean thing, any unclean sin. Gluttony happens to be the one we're dealing with this morning. And so we've gone from, American people have gone from being 60% a year or so ago now over 70% in a year's time. Obese people. And we know obesity brings diabetes. It brings a whole lot of other complications. And the sad thing is the majority of those percentages are in the body of Christ. Somebody's not doing their job. Don't just preach a slanted gospel. Preach the gospel. Point out these things. There's seven sins that God hates. Guess what? Gluttony is one of them. You don't hear them talk about it a lot. It's the reason why, you know? And so we're going to talk about that today. So, you know, uh, a lot of times people don't think of gluttony as a sin. We just think about it as a food or eating disorder. Well, it's more than that. You know, it's a sin, you know, and there are consequences. It's defined as the overindulgence or lack of self-restraint in food and drink. Wealth items, uh, especially when you start talking about status quo. Some people pastor, will go out of their way to try to fit into a certain status. See, that's a type of gluttony. It's that overindulgence and stuff because you want to be in the number. You want people to, you know, to, to look at you a certain way, you know, and you become a glutton to try to do it. If they're drinking and you feel like I can squeeze in there and drink some of that expensive Stuff that they're drinking, and before you know it, you're not used to that. And now you sloppy drunk, and if you keep on doing it, keep on doing it because you're trying to present a certain type of, 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 of status about yourself. That ain't you. You can't afford no hundred dollar bottle of wine. You're in a restaurant. You ain't got no business in there. But you're trying to fit in, and you make yourself a glutton by doing it. And now everybody looking at you like, where's the new kid come from? You know. This is just no restraint, you know, no restraint, you know. And uh, this this uh, this word really originated from a Latin word called gulp. And and you you know where I'm where I'm going. You go, you're driving sometimes. You're traveling. You stop in these quick stops in these places to get gas or use the bathroom or whatever. And most of the time, especially with the truck driver crowd, if they're there, they're gonna come out, get their gas. They come out and get in their truck. You look at him and you're like, my God, homeboy's big. And he got a 32-ounce big old soda from the fountain. And they're sucking on it. Man, it ain't water. It's a soda. Got all that stuff in it. You know, and you're looking at them and you're saying, man, my God, you know. And guess what? Now you see the same thing on Sunday with people that church people. They do the same thing. They do the same thing. Stuff that you really don't need to overindulge in it. 32 ounces of soda pop with all that syrup and all that sugar and all that stuff in it. And that's their number one drink. Not water. That's their number one drink. Just because you got a 16 ounce and they tell you you need a refill, don't mean you have to get four or five refills just because you get a refill. One maybe for the road, but some folks, man, are going to get, they're going to re, re, refill, 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 refill. They say they're getting their money's worth. They're getting more than that. 
you're getting more than that, you know? And so gluttony is a sin, okay? Uh, while it's a sin, it seems to, uh, you know, more people transgress this like we do the other seven deadly sins. <laughs> I like to put the Bible, the Proverbs, in 6th chapter Proverbs, it talks about the seven deadly sins, but then it kind of states six of them, and it leaves seven out. Well, when you do a little research, you find out seven is gluttony. It's gluttony. Seven deadly sins, and gluttony happened to be one of them. Yeah, and I'm going to read it for you because this is kind of my text this morning. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 15 and 22, the King James Bible. says, now, therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things doeth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that be swift, running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them contained upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it says, when thou goest, it shall lead thee, and when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee, and when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproof of instructions are the ways of life. And again, that's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 15 through 22, the King James Bible. Now, you don't see gluttony right there, but it does mention about the seventh thing. I had, you know, I had to do a little work to find out, okay, well, it didn't stay it there. So he's saying, though, gluttony is just as deadly as those six sins. God looked at it the same way, okay? He looked at it the same way, okay? And we're going to look at some scripture that points that points out gluttony being that, that other sin that it doesn't mention it per se, gluttony, but it does say there's a seventh sin that's just as bad as these other six deadly sins that God hates, okay? And gluttony is deadly, too, because we have evidence of that when people overeat, when people become so obese. A lot of times it, 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 it takes people's life because they have, they have they develop other complications. You know, there's a, there's people out there that's on record, man. I mean, they so, they're, they're so overweight they can't get out of bed. Sometimes when they do, they got to be heisted up, man, with faultless and all kinds of things to get them out of the bed and get them on Evidence that they get sick to go to the doctor. I mean, some huge people out there, you know, obesity. Some people can't help it because they have some gland problems. They have other problems. But for a lot of people who have an eating disorder, uh, you know, and it shouldn't be like that with with um, with people who can restrain themselves, don't have to do it. But they don't understand the consequences. They don't understand that it's a sin. It ain't just because I paid eleven nineteen to eat all I can eat that I'm supposed to eat all I can eat. And over the years, you develop that habit. That's not one of those good habits, and you just keep doing it, keep doing it. And it gets to a point where you no longer make healthy choices. You just see whatever's on that menu, man, you know, and you just go for it. And it's like you don't have any restraint. You just keep indulging, keep indulging. And then <clears throat> sometimes they wait until they're 400 pounds overweight before they go get into a, a, a a fitness program or do any type of exercise, you know, so choices and, and a little bit of exercise is better than no exercise. There are little things that we can do 
to prevent gluttony from generating negative consequences for me. I can do choices, better choices I can make. There's a lot of things I can do. And it's not just food. It's anything that causes me to indulge above and beyond what God has told me in the scripture that I need to be intelligent about this. Can't go out here, man, be a drunkard. I can't go out here and, you know, and indulge in some type of lifestyle, you know, that just consumes me, you know. And I just, I just like, I gotta have it. I'm doing anything to get it. That's gluttony. That's the effect it has on me. But there are consequences. Now, I'm gonna tell my little story and I'm gonna give you some scriptures and we're gonna get you off the phone. Um, you know, I was at a home going. It's how this subject came to be because I wanna talk about them habits. I wanna go back and talk about developing good habits, but the Lord dropped this in my spirit and told me, it's kind of like, you got to talk about this. You can't be one of those preachers that just, like everybody else, just ignore it like it's not important. It's just as important as the other six deadly sins. You've got to talk about this. This is killing people. This is this is causing people's lives to be cut short. This is causing people not to be able to respond to God when you got half of the church standing up with their hands up because they're helping us to do a worshiping God, you got the other half sitting there going to sleep because they're so overweight and so they're tired. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they just fall asleep and they'll start snoring and the person next to them hunting them with their fist and sometimes folks hitting them with the pocket, but wake up, you snoring. You know, all that stuff going on in church. When that shit go on in your bedroom, when you lay down, you know, but it's in church now because people are so tired because they're so overweight. They don't have no energy, don't have no strength, you know. It's because we're not eating the, the proper kind of food, you know, to keep me healthy enough to be able to, to respond to God with my hands lifted up or stand in awe of him. Doesn't happen. And a lot of times it's because you're sitting out there and you're looking up in the pulpit and the person who's on the guest speaker, so big, they're hanging off the chair waiting for their 15 minutes of fame. And they're, they're not. And telling you, we need to praise the Lord. And then when they get up to speak for 15 minutes, they spend three of minutes telling you, y'all ain't praising the Lord up in here. Y'all ain't worshiping the Lord up in You don't spend three minutes of your time and, you, and now you're going to get up and chastise me? And then you preach for three minutes and you stop out of breath? And they don't go there. But I was at a home going. And it was a great home going. Great, great friend of mine. I won't get into no names here. But at the end of it, well, when I first got out of my vehicle and walked up, I got about 10, I'll say every bit of 10 compliments from people I know, know, know me. And they talked about at 67 years old, they don't know I'm 67, I know. And they said, man, you just look so good. You just, man, you look like a soldier, you know. You know, blah, 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 blah. Every one of them that I met in this certain man complimented me. You know, and I give God all the praise for that because this is what we doing, we're doing right now. We're trying to build a future of optimal overall wellness. So we expect some comments sometimes because we put the work in. We put the work in, you know. I mean, it ain't, it ain't everybody ain't doing the, the same level, but we're doing something to work toward. You know, we were talking to Dickiness uh, McNair. She talked about she's doing her and her daughter doing water aerobics. Dr. Phoebe came up there and she said, look at me. I've lost 40 pounds, you know, because Sharon and I, we got goals. We got things we do. We went out and bought bikes. You know, we have changed. We went to the farmer's market yesterday in Bristol, Georgia. I got food here on the counter right now. Lemongrass tea. Got a watermelon over here. So, see, we're putting in, we have a goal, you know, and it's to build. It's to strive and aim and build a future of optimal overall wellness. We know it's not going to happen overnight. And Sharon is constantly ordering uh, chewables and things, by with probiotics and all these things. They help us achieve that goal. 
So we don't want to end up like some of our brothers and sisters that we see. So we don't want them poking fun at us. And I'm not poking fun at nobody, but I'm just making an observation here as a leader in the church. Because it's deadly if I don't. And so, you know, so I, so I, then I walked up to my friend who was officiating, and the greeting I got was totally threw me off. Like you didn't want to be bothered, turning sideways and whatnot. And, and I'm telling you, I'm looking at him and I, you know, I greeted him and I said, oh, I'm sorry, you, 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 you're getting your thoughts together, you know, you're praying. And I walked away. But it wasn't until the conclusion that another friend and I were talking. And he walks up out of nowhere and tells my friend, without calling names, that if I had not gained all that weight, he, he, he said he wouldn't have recognized me. He said, now that he didn't gain all that weight, I almost didn't recognize him. I almost lost it. I almost went for listening. But I thank God see, that I was able to restrain myself. See, that's, that's another form of gluttony. You know, get 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 so enraged sometimes until you're ready to go, you ready to go above and beyond, no restraint, just like the meaning said. Anger, there's some there's some gluttons out there with anger. everything angered them. Everything upset them. They live their whole life to be angry. They go around looking for situations to get angry. A glutton for anger. To get, get, to get, 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 you know, to, to give somebody a piece of your mind. And I just simply swallowed that and the people standing with me, they gave that look like, he definitely don't know what he's talking about. Real, real look good, you know what I'm saying? And I just kind of body language with everybody else and I just kind of said, don't go that left. And I walked away. And when I left and got in my vehicle driving home, I just heard the Lord begin to tell me, what did you expect a glutton to say? They kind of like, they're like that. They see you, they're kind of a little bit jealous, they want to say something, you know. They don't want to take a look at themselves in the mirror and see what changes they can make. So they, they kind of like target other people who are not like them. And they don't say what everybody else say, you look good, they're confident. They want to try to tear that down, especially when they walk up and hear other people compliment you on how well you look. They see the change. They notice it, you know. And so I just took it and said, okay, I know what I'm going to be talking about Sunday morning. So here I am. You know, I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it. Why? Because it is a problem. It's more than a problem, y'all. It's really a sin. You know, it's really a sin. It should be added to the list of sin. So let's talk about you know, gluttony in the Bible, okay? Gluttony uh, plunged, or I will say took down, a large portion of the human race, okay, into a state of sin and misery with the first transgression that was committed in the Bible over in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 6 of King James Bible. So it's been around. It's got history. This ain't nothing new. Let's see, let's see what this just says. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, you get the picture now how gluttony works, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit, therefore, and she did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, right there was a, a limit or restraint. Why? Why, Pastor? Because the Lord had told them what tree to eat, not to mess with the other tree. 
Isn't that how we do sometimes? You go, you see all you can eat. Just because it says all you can eat, that's what I mean. You can eat all you can eat. Yeah. She should have never messed with that other fruit. It was already going beyond. See, this is, this is what gluttony does. That's a sin. Because the Lord put the restraint there and told you, no, don't go beyond what I told you. And I got to thinking about that. They ate more than what they were authorized to eat. And it opened the door for sin. And it brought horrible consequences. And we've been dealing with this problem ever since then. Going further than we should. Not just in food. The meaning I read you earlier, it said drink. It, it gave a whole list of things. It gave six sins that God hates that we've indulged in, overindulged in. And now we're dealing with gluttony, which covers a broad <laughs> spectrum of things that we become gluttons after. You know? And this stems all the way back from, from in Genesis. God drew a line and told them, don't go, don't go over there and that other, don't, mm -mm. you see all the desserts over there, don't go over there. You know you can't, you know you can't handle all the desserts. And it seems like it looks so good, it smells so good, I'm just going to have a little bit of this. They go over there and they get a little peach cobbler, get a little this, get a little that. Before you know it, it doesn't matter that you've got a tablespoon of each one, but you've got every one of them over there on the thing that the plate is still humongous. You know? Because you're going beyond what the doctor told you. You can't do this. You can't do that. My doctor put me on a plant-based, athletic plant-based diet. It's been one of the diff most difficult transitions that I've ever made when it comes down to eating habits. Because I like to eat. I come from a family who like to cook, like to eat. And now sometimes it, it's just hard. You see everybody else, man, you know, you'd be like, man, I, I show it like a piece of that steak. Man, I show it like a piece of that. But he told me, no, no more meat for you. Just fish. Well, I caught fish. My wife does a tremendous job making sure I stay disciplined on that diet. It has really, really helped me. But has it been easy? Heck no. Sitting at the table with y'all, man, y'all, I mean, you know, but see, your doctor didn't tell you that. He told me that because I was diagnosed in 2003 as a type 2 diabetic. I ain't blaming no devil. I ain't going to rebuke no devil. I just made the adjustments that I needed to make. And what got me the other day when the guy said that, my wife told me later, she said, you better be glad I wasn't there. She know how hard I work to try to maintain it. She know how she assists me sometimes to stay on course. And we just went to the doctor Friday before this happened on that Monday or that Tuesday, I weighed in at 215 pounds. That's, that's kind of my weight. There was a time when I ballooned up to 245, and the doctor told me, to look, man, you got to lose 25, 35 pounds. My wife will tell you, my witness, it don't take nothing for me to drop the weight because I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. Weight will not be what destroys me. Not this simple. I know what to do with weight. I work it off. I get rid of the things that bring weight that I don't need. It's, it's, it's a simple fix, but it's hard to do and hard to maintain. It's going to cost you some work, work, sacrifice, labor. Yeah. Get you a bite, do whatever. Go out and walk. You know, I have a routine in the house I do when I can't get out. Whether it be hot, right? I don't, I don't stop. Still got to do something. 
don't have to do as much as, as Miss America do. It's not about building all these big muscles, but it's about striving and aiming to create a future of better life, better health, better opportunity, better things for yourself. Because you, you're doing it as unto the Lord. You want God to look down favorably and smile on you and say, yeah, you can you can handle small things. I can trust you with, with bigger things. I can trust you, Pastor, to take what I showed you the other day. Get on here on this morning for School of Healing. Change everything you were going to talk about and talk about this because my people are 70% overweight right now. Hmm. And you need to address it because other pastors won't. You know why? They're guilty. I ain't got no shame. You know? When I go get on the scales, when I go to my doctor and them numbers don't look right, I know what I have to do. I don't blame the doctor. I know what I have to do. I just go do it. And the next time I go, boom, the numbers where I want them to be. It was 215, y'all. That was the weight I had when I went in the military. 215. Here it is, seven, six, six, seven years old at 215. That was kind of where I wanted to be. I wanted to be between 206 and 215. And I'm right there on that line. It's been work, though. It's been sacrifice. One thing happened, I haven't got no consequence for, for being a glutton. That ain't going to happen. Now that I know that it's a sin and there are consequences, dating all the way back, you know, all the way back. I was so glad yesterday they brought that little bit of plate out with a little scoop of ice cream for Carter for his birthday. And and and, uh, and, and, and they didn't offer nobody else. So they said, I was like, man, I'm telling you, birthday, you know, you do some dessert. But I felt so good, man. I had so much food, good food. We all did. I brought some home. I said, I said, okay, I got me a couple more meals right here. I broke that big old meal up at that place, man, into three meals. That's kind of what Pastor Sharon and I do now. We, we, we talk about it. We laugh about it. We don't try to eat everything on the plate. We'll get some good go boxes. We're known at these restaurants we go to for getting the go box. Because we're thinking about, I can make four meals out of this one meal. Smaller portions. We'll have lunch. We'll have, you know, you have to do those things. Used to be a time, man, we tried to eat everything on the plate. You know, nowadays you get to get a gold bar. You don't have to do that to yourself. You break it down into smaller portions. You save something for the next day for lunch or whatever. It'll keep you healthier. It'll keep the weight off. You know, some of us don't gain weight, but... It'll keep it off. You won't gain as much as you can gain. That's a, that's important. Okay. And so that's something that was always back there. Glutton was beginning to form back there. And it has come down through all these years. But let's go a little further here. Um, it, it, gluttony, for most people, deals only with excess food. Okay. It led to a curse of utter destruction upon Sodom. Okay. The standard example of God's wrath and judgment as we see in the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel prophesied about this in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, verse 49, the King James Bible. They brought a curse. Let's read what this, what this prophet said now, looking back at Sodom. He says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her, in her daughter's, Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Now, what is Ezekiel saying here? He's, he's prophesying what happened back there. And he's saying, hey, you ate up everything yourself, but you did not give nothing to the poor people. You were a glutton. You kept it all for yourself. He's speaking now to the leadership. He's speaking to those like us, who are supposed to be in charge, who are supposed to be telling but a lot of times we, we carve out the best portion for us. 
while the needy people... Isn't this a problem in the country right now? Man, we eating like kings and queens, just like they did, just like Ezekiel called them out. We, they were gluttony back then, throwing scraps to the poor people. Wasn't feeding them, wasn't giving them a, a, a fair portion. It's the same thing today. I cannot believe we have people starving today in this country. When you got all these five-star restaurants, you know, $100 plates and all that, man, and people, these places to be packed with people. And they complain about somebody, man, getting a welfare check, somebody, man, getting a, a free this, a free that. I'm talking about food now, any of it, free card, all that stuff, I can see. But food, basic, essential food, drinking water? This is what Ezekiel is pointing out. He's saying, you're the glutton. But you deny these poor people. You eating like a king. And you got people, we were talking about the situation over there in Great Britain right now. And it's been that way that Mohadi had that thing set up. Yeah, they got poor people in that country. Poor people in all these countries. People who who like food, you got this split down the middle. The wealthy people eating like kings and queens, and the poor people, man, starving. Dying from starvation. Don't have clean drinking water. Africa, all these continents. We see it all the time. And then you you you, you see the split screen. And they're showing you what's going on in the palaces. They're showing you what's going on in the governmental houses. They're showing you the entourage of people. They have their own personal chef. They prepare for them a certain type of food. It was amazing. God bless her soul. May she rest in peace. The Queen Elizabeth. It was amazing how they did this this, this show on her, man. It showed how, how the, the, the amount of people that is responsible for preparing her meal. One person got a whole heard of people. I'm not talking about one or two people. I'm not talking every place she went, she had a crew of chefs and servers there. Preparing her special meal. While you got poor starving people in that country. I call it glorified gluttony. You just gotta have it but nobody else can. You know, and so Ezekiel prophesied about it though. So, uh, you know. Uh, just a couple more scriptures here, and then uh, we'll bring this in. Over in the book of, of, of Psalms, it says, He caused an east wind to blow in heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh upon them as dust, and feather fowl like as the sand of the sea, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, though, that consequence, that, that gluttony, that flesh, okay? But while their meat was yet in their mouth, listen to this, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them, listen, the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Now, God didn't want to do this, but because Moses cried out to God, the people were complaining. That that healthy diet he had them on, manna from heaven, they wanted meat, they wanted quail, that gluttony kicked in. And there was a consequence. Look at what happened. It said he slain the fattest of them. You know? David wrote about this. David, I said, when David wrote this, I'm wondering, was David looking at the condition of his army? Did he have some overweight soldiers in the ranks? Why would David write this? 
you know. Probably as a reminder, he probably was talking to his people and saying, look, we don't want to be like those complaining Israelites and God brought them out and they wanted meat. They wanted what they were used to. They wanted it. They wanted to eat more food. They wanted in, in, indulge and in, in, in more food. And because God favored Moses, Moses went to God with that petition. God said, okay, okay, okay. They ain't satisfied what I'm feeding them. It kept them healthy enough to make the journey across that all that desert. But now they wanted something else that was going to weigh them down, add pounds to them. They're like people today. So he gave it to them. And look at what ended up happening. The wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. That's in the book of Psalms, chapter 70, verse 26, verse 31, King James Bible. So I'm going to give you this here about the consequences of, 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 of of uh, gluttony, and we'll pick this up. We're going to talk about this up a little bit more because there's so much in the Bible that I've ran across in these last three days about this situation. I was like, oh, my God, the volumes in here about gluttony and the gluttony and the consequences and it being a sin. And so I'll say this, and I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end right here. Gluttony, I found out, is often connected to idolatry. And I got just a ton of scriptures on idolatry. I won't get into, but I'll get into uh, the connection. We'll make the connection. We don't always seek gluttony. We just see it in the sense of food. We don't see it as idolatry. We don't see idolatry as something else and all the other things that come from idolatry. And that's what's, that's what's plaguing the land right now. That spirit of idolatry. That indulging in things above and beyond what God told us all the way back to Genesis 3 6. Don't do more than what God has authorized you to do. Your temple don't belong to you to do that with it. But we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for enlightening us, for broadening our knowledge and understanding of gluttony, the consequences of gluttony, the sin that's called gluttony, how you feel and think about gluttony, your response to gluttony. We just pray now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we be free from being gluttonous of anything, God idolatry, any idolatry, God, any idols in our lives, God, whether it be food, whether it be uh, high-priced wine that we like to drink, whatever the case might be, clothes, you, whatever it is, Lord, we have to be free from it totally, that we not deal with the consequences of any sin that you hate, any deadly sin, God, that goes against your will, your plan, your purpose, because we're striving for something, Father, that we've never had, and we got to be willing to do some things we've never done to achieve it. We want to be healthy. We want to be uh, all that you want us to be so we can do all that you created us to do and have all that you created us to have. That should be enough for us. We should not go beyond those, those standards, those lines that you have drawn, that you have set, God. So help us today to reassess, Lord God, and help us today not to be judging on the others, but God, to pray for them and to understand they don't have any clue, Lord God, that you're dealing with a spirit of gluttony that's tempting them and they're giving in to the temptation. They're going above and beyond the standards that you have drawn. And we know the enemy is having a field day. And so, Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor now. But just helping us to be knowledgeable of all of the debt we sin and then taking responsibility and doing something to bring about change in our very own lives as we represent you and represent you well. But it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.